Empower Radio presents Out of the Fog. Join intuitive guide and spiritual teacher Karen Hager for lively, positive conversation with lightworkers, healers, and dynamic wisdom keepers. Get ready for inspiration and connection. This is Out of the Fog on Empower Radio. Here's your host, Karen Hager. Hello and welcome to Out of the Fog. I'm Karen Hager. Each week at this time, we gather for a spiritual conversation with enlightening guests, and I'm glad you're here. We're always curious, I think, about what happens after we pass. And in times like now, when there is so much death around us, interest in the afterlife naturally increases. My guest today is Mike Anthony, and when his father unexpectedly died, his family was devastated. But when he and his family began to receive specific messages from his dad through mediums, it kicked off a change of events that entirely changed Mike's skeptical mindset about life, about death, and about the transcendent nature of love. Are you ready to meet him? Mike Anthony has been a professional actor and a not professional bartender. I'm sure that means the drinks are good. It's just not his profession to be a bartender. And it was in the role of the latter that Mike was lucky enough to experience from an up-close perspective the ride that Hamilton, an American musical, took as it rocketed into Broadway history. Mike's first book, Life at Hamilton, chronicles his extraordinary time there. Beyond his life in the theater, though, Mike's journey took an unexpected turn when his dad passed, and it led him down a remarkable path of discovery. He now spends a good portion of his time exploring evidence suggestive of the survival of consciousness beyond the demise of the physical body. His new book is Love, Dad. And you can see Mike and hear a part of Mike's story in the Netflix documentary series, Surviving Death. Find out more about Mike and his work at MikeAnthony.com. Mike, welcome to Out of the Fog. Hi, Karen. It's a great pleasure to be with you. Thanks for having me. Oh, I'm I'm glad you're here. Maybe we should start. I guess this all starts with your dad. How, Mm how, who, who is he and how were you before he passed and how did his passing change you? Yeah, my dad was an extraordinary guy, just not your average human being. Uh, just, uh, he, he, you know, every family is crazy in their own way, of course, uh, and my family is no exception. But my dad was absolutely the center in the, you know, the eye in the center of our hurricane. He was the calm in the middle of any storm. He, would, he was the person you called first if there was anything wonderful happening in your life or anything upsetting happening in your life. Either way. Uh, you know, he was the first call. Uh, my dad had, he emanated this energy about him that just made everyone feel better. And the guy barely spoke. He was not a talkative guy. It was simply this energy about him. He was just pure love. He was just um, just not your average person. And uh, before he passed, you know, so obviously we were incredibly close. And, and given how amazing my dad and my mom, not, not this is not to say that my mom is not also wonderful, uh, but given how lucky I was with the parents uh, that I have, my life um was 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 great. Uh, you know, I liken it to 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 living in a uh, in a, a sort of a happy go lucky comedy. You know, that had been my 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 path up until that point. Um, and nothing 
awful had ever befallen me. Uh, you know, besides being in, in New York, maybe for nine 11, that was a very difficult day, but I had my dad luckily. And, uh, you know, uh, he, he made even that, um, feel like things were, were going to be okay. So, um, that's the state I was in just, just sort of happy living in New York, bartending, acting, um, and then out of the blue, absolutely from our perspective, out of the blue, my dad died. And, suddenly uh, I was now living in a horror film, it felt like. Uh, and it really did feel instantaneous. One minute I'm in this one movie and the next moment I'm in this completely different genre of film. Um, and, 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 and it just turned not only my life, but my, my family's life instantly upside down. When he passed, there's the, there's that shock, at least I know just from my own experience, there's that shock, like this can't be really happening or how can life go on? How are all these other people still alive? Why are the trains still running and I still get hungry? And how can this all be happening when this person who was here is suddenly no more? There's this shock that happens. And then there are, it sounds like in your case, so many questions how did you, what did you do with all those questions? Yeah, I, before I became an actor, um, I had initially gone to school, gone to college to be a, a science teacher. I was going to be a high school science teacher. And I've always loved science, you know, always. Uh, to this day, I do. And science, the, the mainstream scientific materialist paradigm uh, is unequivocal about the notion that there is no such thing as anything beyond death. Um, it's not, it, it's black and it's black and white. There, there are no questions about this. According again to the mainstream scientific materialist paradigm, uh, wherein everything in the universe has a material nature. Uh, and the thing that we think of as us, the thing that we experience as consciousness is an illusion uh, created by the brain, uh, and and the foundation of that um, illusion are chemical reactions happening uh, in the brain. And when the brain stops receiving oxygen, uh, those reactions stop, and so too does uh, what we experience as us go away. And so, according to science, my dad, everything that he ever was, uh, all of that love, all of that joy, uh, all of his 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 ideas, uh, when his heart stopped beating. It was all gone, period, forever. That was that. And um, that thought was just destroying me. I mean, I was being crushed by the idea that, you know, if someone like him, if, if someone like my dad could disappear as though he had never walked the planet, as though he had just been this instantaneous almost blip in the infinite on the infinite radar of time and space of the universe, then what was the point of anything at all? Why am I going to get out of bed and do anything at all if all we do is disappear? Um, and and so I was fa I basically was thrown into a full blown existential crisis um, after he passed. You know, I had long believed that we're much more than our bodies, even though I, I knew what science said, what the average, again, scientist would say. Um, 
I, 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 I sensed always that there are things that our scientific instruments are not able to reach, that there is more to, to what we think of as reality than our instrumentation can pick up. And, and, I've, and that vague sense that we're much more than our bodies was always enough to keep me happy in my life. You know, I lost my grandparents when I was younger, but that vague sense that, oh, you know, I'll see them again in some form. That was enough for me. But when my dad died, that was suddenly not enough. And now I was being bombarded uh, with every lecture, every biology professor ever gave me. So what turned this around for you? What made you think, hey, maybe there's something happening? Well, very quickly uh, and, and basically immediately after my dad passed, things started to happen uh, that seemed pretty strange to me. Uh, the timing of these things felt that um, it, it would be stretching the bounds of uh, what we could easily call coincidence. Um, just to, just as one example, uh, we the the day after he died, my Jen and my sister Jen and I were in his house, you know, going through his things, and we found a little scrap piece of paper uh, that he'd written on his desk, and it said, "Believe, tell Jen." Uh, and we had no idea what that meant. Further down in the pile, my dad kept tons of notebooks, not not a, an org, an amazing human being, terrible organizer. Uh, <laughs> so just piles of paper. And further down in the pile, we found another scrap piece of paper. And when I see, say scrap piece of paper, they were like, you know, two inches by an inch that he'd ripped off of a larger piece, both of these. And the second one said, believe a country song. So it became clear to us all this. Oh my gosh, my dad must've heard this song on the radio at some point, And he'd meant to tell my sister about it. And he had never gotten around to doing that. And we were crushed the thinking about how he had never gotten around to doing that. The next day, uh, or a couple of days later, actually, where my mom wanted to have music playing at the wake. So we were at my mom's house, putting a, a playlist together on iTunes. And I said, Oh, you know, go, to country music and look for Believe and, and see if we can find that song. As it turns out, it's a Brooks and Dunn song that is about a guy who whose wife and child died, but he was okay because he had zero doubt that life goes on after death. And the song ends with the line, you can't tell me that it all ends in a slow ride in a hearse. And, and we were shocked by this. Like, what are the chances that this song, and by the way, this song had not been a popular song for years. It was not on the radio any longer. My dad had heard this years ago. That's why it was at the bottom of this pile. It was so long ago. Um, so we thought, what are the chances that this would be the, 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 the theme of the song, Life After Death? Um, you know, there aren't that many songs out there, popular songs that are about that. So that alone was pretty amazing. Uh, the, a few days after the funeral, I was driving back to New York. My family lives in Connecticut. So I'm in my car and for the first time I'm alone. And now I am really suddenly hit with my dad's absence. You know how when someone dies, you're, there's a whirlwind of activity, getting the, the, the services together and everything. And, and it's possible you're not quite dealing yet with the loss. You know, you're still can, might be in that state of shock. So I'm in the car and now I, I, I have the notion to pick up my phone and call my dad. And the thought that he was never going to be on the other end of that line again um, 
it hit me like a ton of bricks and I start sobbing and I, I'm thinking, you know, I, I better pull over because um, I'm not going to be able to see, you know, now the whole time my radio had been on in the background during my, whenever I get into the car, I put my phone in and it, all the way back to iPods. As soon as the iPod came out, I always listened to my own music in the car, never the radio mm-hmm. on this particular day. I just did not have the energy. And for maybe the first time in a decade, did not plug my phone or my iPod in. So the radio happened to be on quietly in the background um, and apparently tuned to a country station, which I, Karen, never listened to. Uh, <laughs> not that there's nothing against country music, but it's just not something that I had personally listened to. So anyway, as I'm sobbing, thinking, okay, I got to pull over, I hear these words. And I and I I go to turn up the radio, and I'm actually afraid to turn it up because I'm thinking if I'm hearing what I think I'm hearing, I'm like going to lose control of my car, you know. But I turn it up, and I hear you can't tell me that it all ends in a slow ride in a hearse. It's that song. So I call my sister, and I'm screaming, you know, listen to this, listen to this. Um, so that's just one example. Things like that began to happen very very often, and, and that was my first sort of. Uh, sense that that maybe maybe uh something was going on that science can't quite explain you're listening to out of the fog i'm talking with mike anthony and his new book is love dad how my father died then told me he didn't you can find out more about mike and his work at mikeanthony.com well this led you then to a place where you were consulting mediums and also testing mediums. And I wonder if you can say a little bit about that, because people who've lost someone are in a very vulnerable place. Absolutely. Yeah. The way you, so mediumship, I was aware of from the television show Crossing Over with John Edward uh, yep. when I was in high school, that was popular and I was intrigued by it. But of course, I'm thinking, well, that, that's a television show. And surely if there were people walking around this planet who could talk to dead people and there was actual evidence of that, surely one of my biology professors would have told us about it. You know, so though I found his show interesting, I, I honestly didn't think there could be a whole lot to it. Um, so most people um, dealing with grief uh, would seek out mediumship, right? Not not most people, but most people seek out mediumship. Mediumship doesn't come to them is what I'm trying to say. In our case, mediumship came careening into our lives when one day uh, the phone rang in my mom's house and my second cousin's husband called Uh, A guy who had never called our house before, ever. Uh, A guy who I couldn't even picture when my mom told me this story. um, Called our house to say that a medium friend of his had been hearing from my father and that my father was desperate to get a message to us that he was okay. Mm -hmm. Um, And of course, I tell that whole story in the book. um, And it was very intriguing. But of course, I was going to need more information than that to make a, a you know a more complicated story shorter. Um, I ended up speaking with that medium that my second cousin's husband <laughs> called us about. And I found her to be a very compassionate woman. And I, I thought at least she believes what she's saying. I talked to my sister about my conversation with that medium who was not a professional medium at that time. This was just something she sort of did as a hobby. Um, uh, The next morning, my sister's driving to work after her and I had had that conversation. And on the radio, 
there happens to be a segment with a woman calling herself a professional evidential medium who's giving readings to people who, who call in, you know, on air. She's giving these readings. And Jen, my sister, um, was shocked at the timing of that. Again, w- what were the odds that the morning after having this conversation with this non-professional person uh, who happened to call her house out of the blue, she catch this segment on the radio. She made an appointment with that professional medium to come to our house. Uh, and that gave me a chance to start testing mediumship. Uh, and that's what a lot of the book is about. Um, uh, I, I, the, the, the bottom line, uh, what happened with that medium is I, I set up a code word with my dad. Uh, and I said, dad, you know, if this is real, this woman who's coming to the house tonight, I need you to get her to deliver this very specific message. If she doesn't deliver that message, I don't care what else she says. I'm not going to be able to believe that this is real. And lo and behold, at the end of that, um, that sitting, this medium said precisely my code. Uh, and it completely um, I mean, it really changed my life. That that moment sent me in a different direction. And uh, after that point, I, I needed more evidence. So uh, about a year later, called that woman back and I said, listen, I need to know that you are actually doing what you claim you're doing. I would like to make a documentary where I bring people, complete strangers in to you and have you do readings for them. So I'll sit you in front of the camera, hit record, and an absolute stranger who could be anyone on the planet Earth will walk in. And I want to see if you can get the same type of information for them uh, with without having any time to do any Googling or, or hiring detectives or anything like that. Uh, I want to see if you can get the same quality information that you got from my family that night. I've done this with this woman now over 20 times in the book. I detail 10 of them. Um, all 20 of these people that I've had do this. Uh, and it was a range of people uh, uh, from the skeptical end of the spectrum, all the way to people who felt pretty sure that mediumship was a real, you know, a real thing. All 20 of those people across the entire spectrum, even our biggest skeptic, came out of that experience uh, believing that something paranormal, something that they could not explain was going on. Such was the level of detail uh, and specificity in the information that this woman, her name is Angelina Diana, was getting. Um, And at the end of of that, I was convinced, absolutely 100% convinced, I could see no other way. The Occam's razor answer to me was that this woman somehow is getting information in a way that we don't understand the pathway for yet, scientifically. Can anybody connect with their loved ones in spirit that way? Do you believe anyone can, only certain people can? Well, I don't know. I mean, there is a ton of speculation, right? So what I try to stick to in the book is what we can use science to get at, mm-hmm. what we can use the scientific method to to to, to sort of gather information about. Um, to me, the scientific method, and again, I'm not a scientist, to be, to be clear, right? I'm an actor slash bartender. There are actual scientists out there doing quintuple blind experiments with mediums coming 
with the coming up with the same results that I got, right? There's a great uh, a scientist right now, Dr. Julie Beichel, studying mediums at the Winbridge Research Center uh, using the most strict protocols, uh, experimental methodology that does not have holes in it. And she's coming up uh, with positive results. According to her, the same math, the same statistics that helped us land a probe on Mars is telling her that mediumship is at times a real phenomenon. Um, but if we want to get more into to, to speculation, to anecdotal um, um, information, a lot of the mediums that I have worked with, and I've worked with a number of them now, uh, they tend to say that this is um, something that they believe all people have the ability for to a greater or lesser degree um, and that it can be honed in some cases, um, you know, by, by, by meditation, by, by quieting the, 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 the mind, the mental mind, the, the, the obsessively compulsively thinking uh, brain. Uh, they say that that sort of gets in the way of this other form of, of communication. Uh, but that said, I have personally found that the best mediums, the ones that are the most accurate, tend to be people who have been dealing with this in some form for their whole lives. So these are people who are waking up, goodness forbid, at like five years old with their dead grandmother standing at the foot of the bed. You know, mm -hmm. they, they've been experiencing um, what they call communication with, with people who are no longer in bodies um, for, for as long as they can remember a lot of them. And what's interesting, and the reason I asked that question was because you experienced direct evidence of your father's passing without a medium in between you, through the song, oh, through sure, the butterflies, sure. right, through the, yes, the other yeah. things that you share in the book. And so I, I wondered if you, do yeah. you accept that the way that you would accept it if it came through a medium? I do. I mean... Um, there are things that science is not going to be good for, right? And that's one of them. <laughs> like, yes. there's no way, there's no way that I can bring the fact that I had a butterfly appear in a Broadway theater at a very particular moment, a very poignant moment. Um, there's no way I can bring that into a lab and have a scientist look at it for me, right? And, and, and tell me if it means something. Um, but there's no way any scientist is going to tell me that that was not something he can explain, he or she can explain. Uh, so yes, I do believe given what I have seen um, that there are ways in which people who are no longer in a body can, can communicate um, without mediums, some, somehow manifesting things in a way that we obviously do not understand scientifically. Um, like how in the world did my, what were the steps he had to take to get that DJ to play that song at that, you know, like it's impossible for the human brain to comprehend how all of this could work, but it works. Sometimes it does happen and, and things of that nature are profound and, and they change people's lives. And uh, even though you cannot, study it under a microscope, it does not mean that they are not happening. I know we just have two or three minutes left together, but I wonder if you can say a little bit about what someone who is engaging a medium, hiring a medium should look out for, because there are a lot of fakes out there. How can you spot a phony, Mike? Yeah, that's, that's true. Unfortunately, um, the whole history of mediumship is fraught uh, with with deceit. And, and that's what's made it such a taboo subject among academic circles. And that's why it's hard to get uh, real studies uh, um, done. Uh, so, but 
uh, that said, there's a great um, organization called the Forever Family Foundation. They're a nonprofit organization. And one of the things they do is test mediums. Uh, and you can go to their website, foreverfamilyfoundation.org, and they have a list of certified mediums on their website. Uh, if, a, if a website is certified by them, it means that they have been rigorously tested under controlled conditions. Um, so, so in other words, uh, cheating for all intents and purposes has been ruled out. And these people on that list have been found to have true mediumistic ability. Um, now, mediums, even the best ones, have off days. I've experienced that myself. Uh, so, um, you know, you, you never know exactly what's going to happen. Um, and because you have an experience with one medium that is not up to um, your, your hopes, uh, it doesn't mean that you're not going to have a better uh, reading with, with someone else. Um, uh, there's also a great book by Robert Ginsburg called The Medium uh, Explosion, and he delves very much into uh, what to look out for, uh, how to prepare for, for a reading, uh, you know, how to not give away information because you want to you don't want to help a medium. You want to be sure that this information is coming uh, from your loved ones and, and not from cues that you might be giving off um, right. even inadvertently. So uh, those are a couple of resources. Perfect, perfect, perfect. So watch out for that cold reading watch out for mediums who are reading on information that you already gave them anyone who tries to get a lot of money out of you who tries to scare you who tries to tell you that your loved one in spirit is in trouble and only you can uh she's mm. the only one who can set them free <laughs> no, and you no. have to give them five thousand dollars no that's a no <laughs> that's you, a definite red flag yes. that's that would be a red flag and you back slowly out of the room and i say that in kind of a joking way but you know there are people out there doing this mike there are, there are. and and part of the reason i'm still doing the work that i'm doing after so many years is that the, the real stuff, like the clarity, the cleanness of the connection that you found with your father through those mediums, sometimes that clean stuff gets tossed aside or kind of like uh, overwhelmed by, covered up by all the nonsense, the mm -hmm. fakes and the frauds and the phonies and the people who would take advantage of someone's grief to intimidate or um, extort them. Mm -hmm. And so I wanted to be really sure that we got that in. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Mike, thank you so much for being on the program. It's a great pleasure to talk to you. Thank you. I had a great time. Thank you very much for having me. You're very welcome. That is Mike Anthony. Uh, his new book is Love, Dad, How My Father Died, Then Told Me He Didn't. You can find out more about Mike and his work at MikeAnthony.com. And Mike, was it ForeverFamilyFoundation.org where people can see lists of vetted mediums? That's correct. Okay, great. So that's all at foreverfamilyfoundation.org so that you can go and check out your favorite practitioner there and see if they are on the list. And of course, you're always welcome over at karenhager.com. It's a great place to find out about what's coming up next on this radio program and a good place to learn about upcoming classes and events. You can also book a private session with me if you are so inclined. I promise not to tell you, well, I'm not a medium, and I promise not to tell you that I'm the only one who can save you and it'll be $5,000. Um, you're, you're not going to get that from me. And thank you for listening today. Together we are spreading a little more light in the world, and a little more light is always a good thing. Until next time, I'm wishing you peace. Peace.